And welcome one and all to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your co-host, Joel, and joining me, my partner in podcasting crime, my super friend, it's Matt, everybody. How you going, Joel? Mm. Doing all right. Just had a really nice dinner, but I'm still staying with family, so it was an uphill battle trying to find a place to record. <laughs> Which, if people are wondering why we're not doing some sort of special video thing for 50 like we had been teasing, yeah, that's why. Yeah, and I can't find my webcam, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> but tell you what, this is my last week here, so when we do the show again, this time next week I'll actually be home again, so we'll probably try and fire something together then, I do believe. And But you had an even yeah. better idea, Matt. I did. I said we should do something on episode 52. Yes, and I basically said, ding, 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 you got it. <laughs> I don't know what that special thing will be for 52, but we'll figure something out for it and it'll be good. But, uh, you know, enough about me. How, uh, how have you been doing, Matt? How's your week been? Pretty pretty good. I um, I did actually end up getting uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I know, you've been tweeting about I I was supposed to get it today, but I went out for dim sum instead. I'm going to maybe try and get it tomorrow. <laughs> you bought the cost of Mass Effect in dim sum. In dim sum. <laughs> oh man, so much duck. I had Peking duck for the first time today. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's pretty good. Duck. My life will never be the same again. And this was a really good traditional Chinese restaurant called uh, Dom Mi. And they had these things for dessert, these little Chinese custard buns with like a sugar topping and everything. Oh my god. I could have eaten 50 of them. It's a good thing it was one of these restaurants where they just bring carts around, like literally a la carte, and you just pick up what you want. Because I swear to God, I would have been pushing that dude out of the way and be like, I need all of these now. <laughs> you know, we have one of those restaurants really close to where I live at the moment as well. Oh. They're pretty good. It's it's really good. You know, Never have I been in a Chinese restaurant like that before, mainly because I've you know only eaten the white man's Chinese, where you just <laughs> order it. It's like, no, 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 you pick up off a cart, and they just write down on your ticket on the table. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good system. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's very, very neat. So that's the sort of fun stuff I've been doing. Uh, pluggy plug for my Instagram which I'm getting way into now, because apparently that's another way to make money on the internet. I've uh, posted a bunch of stuff uh, of me out in Victoria's Chinatown, so check that out. Yeah, I saw some of your photos. You, oh. You've been like the crazy guy, like talking to that, that statue. statue. and <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man, Victoria. It, it seems like nice little granola hippie town, and it is, but oh, man, does this town have a dark side that I never knew. <laughs> really like, like here's the thing you joke about me like you know t being like a crazy person talking to the statue on our way back we literally did see like a filthy phil looking dude having an argument with a trash can like loudly <laughs> arguing with a trash can <laughs> i couldn't make out what they were arguing about but i really want to know hey there no trash can this is my spot this has always been spongy spot <laughs> oh spongy <laughs> Also, too, I'm pretty sure when we were going out for pizza the other night, I saw an older bearded gentleman, because, like, I was going to the men's room, obviously, because I needed to urinate, as I often do, and I saw an older bearded man and a younger-looking Filipino man in the same stall together, and it was one of those moments where I became Louise from Ant-Man, where I'm just like, back it up, back it up, don't know what I walked in on, don't want to know, back it up, back it up. The funny thing is, is that it was really awkward is that they were seated across from us in the restaurant and like oh. old white dude's wife came and sat down and they were just having a great time all together. I'm like, oh, oh, is it one of these things, huh? <laughs> I've read about this. 
Okay. <laughs> don't don't make eye contact. Just eat your pizza and don't make eye contact. And ironically, on that same trip, I don't know if I've talked about this, on the same trip over, I actually got pulled over and hassled by the Victoria PD, and it was the weirdest getting pulled over that's ever happened to me. You want to know why, Matt? Why's that? So here's the thing. I'm not driving, right? I'm driving with my aunt's boyfriend, who's from D.C. It's like the first week I've ever met him and everything. He's a cool guy. We're driving down. We get pulled over. He's obeying all the traffic rules. You know, he's a really safe driver and everything. Mm -hmm. We get pulled over. The cop comes not to his window, but directly to my window on the passenger side. And he had to cross over to get there. And he starts talking to me. And I'm like, oh, well, why is he talking to me? <laughs> He, he could see, he saw you, like, when the car was driving by, he saw you through the window, he was like, there's that Joel motherfucker. Yeah, he gave a bad score to clone conspiracy, time to fuck up his day. <laughs> that was my theory later, maybe he's just a fan and didn't like me. But yeah, he starts asking me a million questions before he even asked for the driver's license, and the whole time his radio is just, like, you know, going non-stop. And I, it only hit me after the fact, I'm like, did I, did I match a description of somebody, is that why he was all up in my case? And hilariously still, even though we are two incredibly meek, nerdy guys in the car, we could not have looked more suspicious than we did. You want to know why? <laughs> why? So here's the thing. So my aunt's boyfriend hands over his license. He is not from the province, obviously. He is from D.C. That's where they met. That's where they hang out. Has no residence here. The car, even though it's his car, is in someone else's name. I'm visiting from Ontario, so I'm also out of province now. And to top it off, he's all up in my case. I don't have my wallet on me because I didn't think <laughs> I needed to bring it. But here's the thing. It's a good thing I didn't have my wallet because if I did, I would have opened it up and he would have seen a big wad of American cash because I haven't had a chance to change my money back from American to Canadian since I was at the Seattle Con. <laughs> so obviously we just look like two assholes who cross the border to buy drugs is what we look like because <laughs> that's like a big thing there's a big biker presence there's like a big drug thing fentanyl is huge down here in victoria now so yeah we looked super suspicious and that was my story of getting hassled by the cops jesus <laughs> i i told that to other people and they're like oh what a cute quaint canadian story of getting hassled by the cops joel they didn't even point a gun at you or anything <laughs> didn't... It's, it's, it's the same here like i i've been pulled over once and that was for a um uh a breathalyzer test Ooh. and like that that that's it uh, you don't get hassled by the police here uh, if you're doing the right thing if you're doing the right thing and it made me laugh i'm like yeah i guess that is cute and quaint isn't all i could think of is like uh i forget if it was chris rock or dave Chappelle who had the bit where it's like you know it's a little different for white people hey license and registration please but for black people spread your cheeks and lift your sack right now i will shoot you <laughs> Uh, just sprinkle a small amount of crack on him and go. <laughs> and that was me there for a second. Sprinkle a small amount of crack on him and go. But uh, believe it or not, everyone, eight minutes in, this is a comic book podcast. Yeah, maybe. I, I know some weeks it's hard to tell that it's a comic book podcast, but it actually is. And we have news this week, Matt, for this glorious 50th episode. Man, can you believe we're almost halfway to 100 for this show? It's insane that this, this is, it's almost a year 
God. In two weeks, it'll almost be a year. Maybe that's why I wanted to do it in 52. I guess. That makes a lot of sense. And you know what? A lot of good milestones for us, too, you know, this month and everything. I, I hit 12K just recently in my own channel. I know you're doing a lot of good stuff. You've got a lot of original series coming out and everything. Yeah, I, I'm almost on 2K. I'm I'm less than 50 subs away from 2K. Yeah, Cape TV has found a following over on the Weekly Pull Archive channel, which if you're not listening to that but listening to this, you should. Also, our SoundCloud. Over 200 people now are listening to us on SoundCloud. Nice. It was good that we changed. It fucking is good it changed. In fact, I got billed by them just recently, and I didn't have to do shit. They just took the money out of my account, and I'm like, good job, SoundCloud. Awesome. They're not going to break your legs. No, way to way to be really cool, SoundCloud. Uh, I guess the next step, really, for the show moving forward is to get it on iTunes, which I promise I will do iTunes and Apple people once I upload the backlog. I was in the process of doing it, then I came out here for a month, and I obviously don't want to upload a bunch of shows while I'm here and eat up my aunt's internet <laughs> and everything by <laughs> uploading like the backlog and all the commentaries. But I promise when I get home, I will try very hard finishing that so once that's all done we'll migrate over to itunes but you know enough housekeeping enough grandstanding our first story of the week this week is uh we got a release date for that imax in humans movie tv premiere event it's kind of everything isn't it it is it's i i don't, I don't have it are they just showing like the first two episodes in think, cinema yeah i think you get yeah. to see the first two episodes in an IMAX theater, it's a special IMAX event, and then they just like play the rest of the episodes on television, which is a really, really smart idea, I think. It's really the first thing of its kind to try this, to be like, oh no, no, it's a big superhero movie event from Marvel, but when you're done, you get to go home and watch it on TV. Yeah, that, that's actually a really cool uh, way to do it, and if it's successful, I imagine other people will follow suit as well. I think so too. I, I really do think that that this is one of those, you know, kind of really outside-the-box ideas where it's like, look, we said we were going to do an Inhumans movie for a bit. Maybe we still will. We don't know. But let's do a TV thing. But let's also kind of, like, cinematic it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think they're combining the first two episodes into a movie. Right, which seems and... like they were going to be a TV movie anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. The cast looked pretty good. From what we've seen of it, they definitely seem to be keeping true to the source material. Yeah, we've seen pictures of the set, and it looks really cool. We're also seeing the ripple effects in the comics right now, where, you know, for so long, the very cosmic Inhumans lived on Earth. Oh, look, now they're going back into space again, just in time for their new TV show. Yeah, this coming week, actually. Really? That's when the new one comes out? God damn, I gotta catch up on that, Charles Souls and Humans. I know I kept saying I would. Well, it's finished now. I finished this week, yes. and it finished really well. Did it? Let's talk a little about that. How? Uh, what'd you think of it? How'd it go? Uh, I, I like the whole series, and it, the good thing is, as well, it's a nice 20-issue run. Yes. So so it's not, like, really long and everything, and um, all the stories are... All the stories are connected, and yeah, this this one was really cool. This one was a Maximus-centric mm. arc, and Maximus is now kind of a hero. Ooh, he's uh, he's reversed his fortune. He's gone face. Yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of turned, and um, yeah, he's like a hero, but he's kind of like the hero that's like, oh, I want to be a hero because it 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 might be kind of fun. I'm kind of uh, bored of being a villain. The, uh, the new Lex Luthor slash Loki slash Sinestro school of I'm a hero now. 
Yeah, and and at the end of this, instead of building a Terrigen machine like he was going to, he ended up building a giant robot. Because <laughs> that's what good like, guys uh, do. His um, his reasoning was like, uh, Terrigen Mist Generator isn't really my style, but giant robots, however. <laughs> I'm all about them. I got a big boner for giant robots. <laughs> mm. Well, that's cool. The only thing about this IMAX and human thing that really bugs me, and it's not even a thing with the production itself, it's with my own crappy area. As I mentioned before, I live in podunk nowhere, which means that when everything is said and done, I'm going to have to actually try and get to the city to find an IMAX theater. <laughs> well, I'm lucky I've got two within driving distance of me, so... Ain't, ain't you lucky? Man, you know, on this, like, last couple months, I've realized how shitty and small my town is. Because I went to that Power Rangers premiere thing. Thank you, everyone, for watching that video, actually. That did really good for my channel. And the seats were so nice, and the theater was so advanced. And then, like, uh, my mom took my uh, two little cousins to go see that live-action Beauty and the Beast. I wanted to go see it, but I had to do another show. And they, it was like a super nice high-scale theater where, like, the seats went back and uh, reclined. And, like, there was a sign seating and you could get, like, gourmet drinks and food. And I'm like, god damn, that's an awesome theater. The one I saw Logan in was equally nice and everything with all this other stuff. And they offered 3D and D-Box and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, my local theater just shows movies. <laughs> I feel I feel so poor now. <laughs> yeah, yeah i remember it was used, used to be like that around near me there was this just like one cinema and it was, it was kind of crappy because it was in kind of like a, a shitty part of the neighborhood but then we got like one built recently and it's massive it's all new and it's like the ones you were talking about it's got like you know your gourmet food just select seating the nice comfy recliner seats and everything just to, just to show you what a small town i live in Four years since I was going there, from like, you know, grade six onward, the roof, there was like a big wet spot in the roof that got bigger and bigger every year. Clearly it was a leak, and clearly <laughs> the roof was going to fall down and kill everybody at any moment. So much to the point, if you read Yelp reviews, that's what they say. Oh, we're always scared going to movies there because we never know when the roof is going to fall down. <laughs> and I remember it was a big day when they hired drywallers and tapers to fix it like i think it even made the paper where it's like you know oh roof in a uh, movie theater finally to be fixed in the local section <laughs> and i tell my dad who's a general contractor it's like man you hear about this the roof's about to be fixed and he's like yeah that's me and my guys doing that and i'm like oh really <laughs> <laughs> well right on and it's funny this was around the time of star wars and it's like hey you know so the guys on top of getting paid they got like free movie passes hey joel you could probably use this to see star wars i'm like hell yeah i could but because the theater's so small, yeah, we're not going to honor that for Star Wars, though. We actually, we actually want to make money. Uh. <laughs> and I'm like, you fucks! I hope that I hope the roof falls down next time. <laughs> you sons of bitches! So that's that's Joel railing against his small town theater for a minute. <laughs> ah, they fucked me again. <laughs> but I'll definitely go there for Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll go to the good Cineplex, the two towns over. <laughs> that's a movie you're going to need to see in, like, IMAX or something. You would hope so, right? And that's coming out fairly soon, isn't it? Yeah, I think a couple of weeks. Mm. At, le at least for me, I think. Oh, yeah, you always get it a little bit earlier. But you know what other movie is coming out soon enough, and we actually got brand new posters to go with it? That's Spider-Man Homecoming. We got a series of posters for this, in fact. 
Yeah, really interesting ones as well. Different from like the 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 usual character posters. They actually kind of were all character. It was like the New York character. Yes, which is something I have always loved about Spider-Man and really Marvel Comics in general. New York is a character. And I like that they're really hitting that home. You see Spider-Man hanging off Avengers Tower, which is an image I think everyone has wanted since the first Avengers. It was something everyone dreamed about, and boom, you got it. It, it, It's just really weird to think, because, like, back then we knew, like, obviously Spider-Man wasn't in the MCU and everything, and it's just weird seeing it happen now. It's It's so weird. It's even weirder, because, like, you've seen, like, fan mock-ups and deviant arts of that image, but now to be actual, like, professional studio, uh, like, image that they're doing. Yep. Then we got him chilling in front of the New York skyline. We got him hanging off the Queens uh, sign. I really dug that. The really pushing Spider-Man is from Queens. Yeah, I, I like that. It showed you b- bits and pieces of um, New York and greater New York area. Definitely. Man, in that way, Spider-Man's almost like a Netflix series because everyone's all in love where they're from Hell's Kitchen, Harlem. <laughs> Spider-Man, Queens, and every so often Captain America, Brooklyn. Yeah. (laughs) Where I love the joke now, if, like, Captain America tried to buy property in Brooklyn, he probably wouldn't be able to afford it, even on a superhero salary. You reckon? I remember someone was saying that, like, he's um, owed back pay from his time in the military Uh and, like, like pension and everything. Yeah, shit, because he's technically... And he's technically a senior citizen, too, so he should be able to collect on a bunch of different stuff, shouldn't he? (laughs) Yeah. Man, Captain America's owed some cheddar, man. Better cut that man a check. (laughs) And and when they were friends, Tony probably would have been, I I bought the whole block. Just for you. Hashtag cut cap a check. We gotta start that (laughs) trending right now. Get him what he's owed. Although maybe don't give him that now, because he's a Nazi sleeper agent, and he'll probably just spend it on Hydra stuff. <laughs> yeah, Nazi flags and shit. Yeah. Hey, hey, Cap, what'd you do with that uh, military back pay? Oh, nothing. He's kicking a bunch of Hydra flags under his bed. Nothing. <laughs> Where did you even get Hydra flags? Amazon? <laughs> no, Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. Walmart had a bunch of them. They just had a whole big section called the Regrettable Wall of Flags. uh but yeah that uh that looks like a fun one i'm definitely excited for spider-man it's it feels weird that it's even happening right and we got a whole movie of him in civil war and yet i still don't believe they're gonna make another good spider-man movie i know it's definitely strange especially like uh like when when was um amazing spider-man 2 when did that come out Ooh, a while ago now we were still working at the other place yeah, so, so it's not that long in terms of, like, movie production history no, and everything, really. so it, it's really strange. Yeah, the fact that we got, like, three Spider-Man film franchises in just a couple years. Mm, in, in, in maybe just under a decade. It's nuts, isn't it? Like, we'll we'll be telling our kids that and be like, and back in my day, we had three Spider-Man film franchises. <laughs> uh, here's hoping third time's a charm, definitely. Now, uh, moving on from there to the other big piece of news, probably the thing everyone wanted to hear us talk about, we got the second trailer today, or not today, but like yesterday for Justice League. Was it the second trailer? Well, because we got that little one from Comic-Con. I suppose so, yeah. I don't know if they consider that a teaser or a sneak peek. It's getting weird these days with what to call what. 
Yeah, especially when trailers are getting, like, trailers themselves. Yeah, it's a sneak peek to the teaser to the trailer to the movie that will be coming out, <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's very, very weird. So, you know, well, I, it's funny because, like, I was busy doing shit. I saw the trailer very late in the day and I didn't even tweet about it. But I know definitely on my feed and in my social media, everyone kind of echoed the same feeling that I agreed with. And that is, wow, that was a cool trailer. But DC, you don't get to get by on cool trailers anymore. You've burned us three times before. Technically four if you count Green Lantern, because that also had a great trailer. <laughs> yeah, I, I posted that um that image, that Zack Snyder image. Oh yes. And and I feel like I'm probably going to be posting that a lot. The circle. Uh, it's like yeah, the circle where it shows like the trailers. That's the and that's what I said. The trailers aren't DC's problem. No, no. Trailers no. are always really great. And that, that was a really good trailer. The only thing is, like, they keep kept saying, like, it's going to be brighter, it's going to be better, and everything, then Batman v Superman doesn't look like it. Yeah. Doesn't look like it. No, no, it feels like they say the same things over and over again. I want to believe, man. You know, I want to I wanna believe that the truth is out there, but at the same time, y you've just hurt me so many times, DC. You've hurt me too many <laughs> times. I don't know if I'll come back this time, but I do because it's work, so of course I will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what uh, what really stuck out to you about the trailer, personally? Oh, jeez. Um... I don't know. <laughs> Aquaman was pretty prominent, which interested me. Yeah, it's really strange. The thing, though, I don't get from Aquaman, I, all I see is Jason Momoa. I don't see, like, this regal king. It's true. Who is someone who maybe, like, you don't really want to fuck with because he's an actual king who commands an army and whatnot. He, he is probably one of those guys where it's the hardest to divorce him from the character that he's playing. Oh, yeah, because you just say, yeah, that's not Aquaman, that's just Jason Momoa. That's just Conan Drogo, is all that is. <laughs> Although he's basically playing Conan Drogo in this, too. Yeah. Uh, Ezra Miller, I know I've said it before and I'll say it again, I feel so bad for that guy, because he has such an uphill battle being the Flash when so many people have fallen in love with Grant Gustin and have been able to follow him for three seasons of television... And now he has to be the movie Flash. I can't imagine the amount of people who will go in and be like, hey, that's not the TV guy. Like, people who aren't in the know like us. Yeah, yeah, like general audiences that may have, may have seen the Flash on TV and then realized that this is a completely different other one. Yeah, that's. I feel so bad for the guy, because I feel like in an alternate universe, he could have done really well in this role. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The only thing I, I'm not really too keen about is, like, those kind of hit-and-miss jokes he had in the trailer and in the other trailer as well, they were really hit-and-miss. They've definitely written him to be, hey, he's the funny one. He's Peter Parker. Yeah, a little bit. He's got his own little nerd cave and everything. He, he watches Rick and Morty on the TV, so at least he's got good taste. <laughs> at least he's a big Rick and Morty fan. Uh, good choice of music in the trailer. I mean, you really can't go wrong with uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah, it was a cover though, wasn't it? It was, as they often yeah. are. I mean, which it's funny, for Suicide Squad, they sprung for the original Bohemian Rhapsody, but for this, it's a cover. Yeah. And you and you gotta figure too, they were just like, oh, we're picking a song, what do we, what do we have in here? Well, it's about a team coming together. Okay, Google search song, come together. Yep, there's the <laughs> one, let's get that one. <laughs> 
Now, now in Hollywood's defense, they seem to do that in any movie with power. Okay, well, this is about a bunch of powerful characters with superpowers. Power song, Google. Okay, Kanye West power. Let's do that one. <laughs> Call it a day. We got it. You can jump off early today, everybody. Good job. Good job. <laughs> we really came together on this one. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, before I even forget, uh, Gordon was in this. We actually finally got to see J.K. Simmons as Gordon. Yeah, we got a little Gordon. Which, you, you gotta wonder, in a movie that's all about Justice League, that's probably the most you're gonna see Gordon. We probably just saw his entire scene. Yeah, yeah, that one scene of him calling Batman on the rooftop or something, and everyone shows up or something. Because, I mean, given, like, a invasion by parademons and everything, I can't imagine Jim Gordon would be much help in that. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm happy to see him, but I don't see him turning the tide of battle in anyone's favor. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't see him, like, down on the ground shooting parademons and whatnot. Well, hey, we saw how ripped J.K. Simmons was getting for this movie. Maybe he rips off the trench coat, and he's just like, <laughs> oh, and then he starts punching parademons in the face. <laughs> and Zack Snyder's like, yo, bro, see, the problem with Gordon, bro, was that he never did anything badass, bro. He just sat there with his mustache. My Gordon is badass as fuck, bro. <laughs> hey, co co Comic Gordon's badass. He, he was Batman. He, well, yeah, he absolutely legitimately was Batman, but Zack Snyder's like, I didn't read that, bro. <laughs> yeah, was that a comic book? What was that? <laughs> no, no, Zach. We know, we we know you didn't read it. You have a problem with reading. The, <laughs> words piss the, me the, off. <laughs> the the thing that I I like found really funny about it is is that they're they're treating um, Superman in this film like like it's a surprise he's going to yeah. come back when yeah. everyone knows he's died and he can't he, he came back at the end of Batman v Superman basically. Yeah. So and they and they're treating it like a um like it's gonna be a big surprise when we see him in the film. Even even though the tagline, I think they changed the tagline. But remember, the tagline for this Justice League thing used to be "Unite the Seven. Well, you can't yeah. really unite the Seven now if one of them is dead. Oh, there wasn't seven to begin with, so. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're gonna unite them. We guess we'll unite them. We'll we'll unite whoever we have. Seven, six plus one. You know. <laughs> Whoever we have by the end of it will unite. Yeah, whoever's movie does really well. Mm. Oh, man, also, too, we talked this long. Cyborg's in this, too, isn't he? Oh, um, the um, the, the $2,000 gaming computer you can get from, you know, <laughs> Kmart. <laughs> it's even funnier, too, is that, like, the movie, this trailer tries so hard to talk up Cyborg. Yeah, he's man and machine. He's a living weapon. He's amazing. And I'm like, guys, not even the comics tried this hard to sell Cyborg. Yeah, and in the comics, he was actually he, he actually had parts of him. In this one, he's just like a head yeah, on a CGI, much. or heart quarter of a head right. on a CGI body. Also, too, it's like, oh, you know, the Parademons and Steppenwolf, they're invading, and it's like, well, what do they want? Oh, obviously a mother box. It's really funny because, like, this trailer actually confirmed, like, a bunch of leaks that came out, I think, yeah, so a couple, couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, it, it like, 100% conf confirmed them. So, like, the whole Justice League story is out there on the internet. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like, how are they going to fit this in a two-hour two movie? <laughs> Maybe they won't. Oh, well, the thing is, it has to be two hours. If any, any blockbuster that wants to make it to at least a billion has to be about two hours, maybe hour 50 minutes because of maximize um, showings you can do in one day yeah 
yeah exactly that half an hour that that instead of making it two and a half hours make it two hours that half an hour allows like one extra showing well if it's anything like batman v superman and suicide squad they'll just hack a two-hour movie to the bone and then release whatever's left in an extended edition yeah i hate that that's a thing now I, do. I hate that it's a thing for movies. They want they they cry so much about being in the same cinematic universe. You can't do that. You can't say, well, the theatrical cut of Man of Steel is okay because the the extended cut of Suicide Squad is there. Or so. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, when you start justifying things by like, oh no, but the extended edition though, most people won't see the extended edition. That's that's really bad for trying to build mm-hmm. a cohesive universe. Yeah. It's not good. So uh, moving on from the world of movies to the world of comics, we got a little bit more insight uh, this week on Marvel Generations, that big new event line of books. We don't really know what it is yet, but it's big and it's from Marvel and it's going to see some of your favorite heroes teamed up with their new younger legacy counterparts. Yeah, from what I gather, the book is actually going to be called Generations. It's going to be a 10-part series, and each issue is going to be a different pairing. Yeah, is what it's going to be. I got the whole list in front of me right here. It's interesting who they picked, and it's interesting the writers they have attached to them. Uh, The first one is going to be Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Riri Williams, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Fitting, as he wrote the last Tony series, and he's writing Riri currently. The issue for that is, it's like, but how can Tony be in the book if Tony is in a coma? And apparently when they asked the editor, Axel Alonso, how is this going to happen? He's like, oh, well, that's part of the series. That's one of the things about it. Yeah, he said that, and he also said that like some of these characters will actually be coming back. So we don't know which ones will be, but I imagine Tony probably won't be. Yeah, I I got a feeling for the ones who will be coming back. Uh, we're mm. also getting Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Miles Morales. Once again, also written by Bendis. I find that funny because Bendis writes Miles Morales, but doesn't write the main Amazing book. But maybe Dan Slott didn't want to do this, or maybe they didn't want Slott doing this one. Yeah, I I don't really know what they're going to be doing with that one. As I I stop and think about it, has Slot written Miles in his book? I don't think he has. Yeah, I'm not really up with what he's been writing and everything, but I don't think so. I know Bendis has had Miles interact with Peter plenty of times, but I don't think Slot's ever reciprocated. No, no. I I could be wrong, and if I am, tell me in the comment section. But yeah, I don't think we've ever seen that. Obviously, G. Willow Wilson will be handling the Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, and Kamala Khan book. Uh, crazy, though, we'll also be getting a Captain Marvel crossover with the original Marvel and Carol Danvers. So we have the Captain Marvel replacement and the Captain Marvel replacement. That's that's going to be interesting, the Marvel one, because how long has it been since he died? It's been a while. Like forever. And here's the thing. I think Marvel is one of the ones that's staying because he's the only one who's been gone for so long. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be staying. Like Marvel is gone so long now. It's like, are there any Marvel fans even left? <laughs> it's that one guy. He's I've been waiting for this for, you know, 10 years. Yeah, really. <laughs> that that one guy is going to be super stoked, and good on you, one guy. It's your day, man. Treat yourself. Uh, Thor, obviously, both Odinson and Jane Foster, going to be written by Jason Aaron, as it should be. Thor had some big shit go down this week, actually. We finally learned what Fury said to Thor to make him unworthy. 
Yeah, and we got the tease of the Warthor. Yes, who may or may not be Odin. I keep pushing Thunderstrike. Because <laughs> it's so stupid, it might be perfect. We're like, this would be Jason Aaron's ultimate opportunity to be like, really, really, everyone mad that it's Jane Foster now. Well, guess what? There was an even dumber Thor before most of you were born. <laughs> You're all going to be loving Jane after this, I promise you. <laughs> bring this idiot back and give him an ultimate hammer. Uh, did, did, did you read the new Thor? Were you up to date on Unworthy? Do you yes. know what he said? Yeah. What did you think yeah. of it? Because I know people are running hot and cold on this. I thought from a character standpoint, it made perfect sense. So, so did I, and I thought it was well worth the wait and everything. It wasn't just something simple it, it was something simple but it had like a lot of meaning to it a lot of meaning to it it did and i know a lot of people were upset and i think it comes from the simple fact of like after a two and a half year wait you're not gonna be able to please everybody no and i i strongly hold to the theory that aaron always knew what the twist was gonna be and that he wanted to write it sooner but then the whole Jane Foster thing happened. It's like, well, now I got to help build up this character before I tell that story. And, oh, there's really no room to tell the Thor story now in the main Thor book. I need a miniseries after the fact. Yeah. I think that's how it went. I, I personally liked it. I thought it made perfect sense thematically with where the book is going and really where the book started. You know, because the whole Gore the God Butcher storyline was about the cruelness and pettiness of the gods. Ironically, Jane is also dealing with cruel and petty gods in her book right now. So it all kind of comes full circle. And even if people aren't happy with it now, I think this is one of those twists that's going to read way better in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll probably get more on it as well. Once, oh, probably. Um, what, what's the next book? The Ultimate Thor book or something? Uh, well, that's the next storyline that's going to happen. I think that happens after the end of uh, Asgard versus Shi'ar. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll probably get more about it in that. I'm sure we will. Because, you know, it's one of those things where I truly do believe, and, and like Aaron even put his foot down, where it's like, yes, Mjolnir is Thor's hammer. It's the only one for him. He will eventually reclaim it, but he just has to come to terms with his own worthiness and in many ways reevaluate what he even thinks being worthy means. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I dug the story. Now, again, continuing the whole Generations thing we were talking about, we got Hawkeye, Clint Barton, and Kate Bishop, written by Kelly Thompson. That'll be interesting, because both characters have gone through a lot recently. Kate got her own book. Hawkeye is kind of a pariah from the superhero community after what happened with Hulk. I'll be really interested to see these two meet up again. Yeah, definitely. Especially after Hawkeye has basically become Marvel Green Arrow because he's all socially responsible <laughs> now and like yeah, yeah he's living fight. in like the living in like the wilderness and shit and he, everything. He might as well be. He's on a road trip, so I'm sure he sleeps outside a lot. <laughs> it's it's a shame that we'll never get another Marvel DC crossover because I would love Ollie to cross universes and be like, wow, you're an archer, and you f stick up for the little guy and fight big business and everything else. You you bit my whole shit, asshole. Give it, <laughs> give it back. I bet you're gonna start growing a goatee soon, aren't you? <laughs> then you see he's got a bunch of like blonde hair dye and a book on how to grow a goatee, and he just slides that away. <laughs> I'd like that. Then he, he's like, "Hey, you think I'm bad? Go talk to Danny Rand." He's like, "Oh my god, another blonde guy who owns a company <laughs> who hates fat cats." Oh my god, I'm going back to my universe. <laughs> 
The next one, and this is really going to be another interesting one. Definitely can't color me uh, excited for this one. Hulk with Bruce Banner and Amadeus Cho, written by Greg Pak. I'm going to assume Hulk will also be staying, because he'll have a movie coming out soon. Yeah, I imagine he'll be coming back. and It's written by Greg Pak, so yes. I'm really excited. Yeah, you know it's going to be good. Pak knows his way around Hulk, definitely. Uh, here's the thing. I was so into the last two runs of Hulk from Duggan and Wade. I tried really hard to like Amadeus Cho. I tried really hard to like that series. My issue had nothing to do with the character. Everything to do with the fact that they kind of stepped down the severity of Hulk. To where it's like, now, it's a young kid adventure. And I'm like, oh. Because before that, you know, you had Doc Green and Hulk traveling through time. And it yeah. just seemed like a step down in, you know, the types of stories. Like in the severity but this I definitely want to see because I think teaming up the two Hulks together should be pretty cool. Yeah, it, it would be pretty cool. And I imagine like Amadeus might learn something from Bruce because he never really got the chance to before no, unlike the uh, rest he of them. died. Yeah, he didn't have a real mentor thing going on unlike a lot of these other characters. I would say he's probably the most divorced from the person whose mantle he took up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then you got Jean Grey, young and older. Hmm. Wow. Actually, seeing like old Jean Grey in a story again—that's some shit. Yeah, that's actually a really strange one as well. Very strange. Like, it, like out of all the other ones, like you see, like a Wolverine and everything, but Jean Grey's—it's kind of weird. I don't think she'll stay. I think she's been gone way too long. But then again, they've also kind of been teasing like a return to form for X Men, and I wonder if bringing back older Jean Grey is there one of their ways to do it. Yeah, well, well, she she was like kind of involved. One of them was kind of involved in um, in humans versus X Men. Yeah, and I think uh, is is it the young is the younger one on the X Men Prime team? Yeah, the younger time traveling. Well, she's the only one now. Yeah, so like, I I had no idea what could happen with that. That's gonna be really weird. Yeah, it will be. Uh, here's one you and I will definitely both be excited for because we keep reading the books. Wolverine with Logan and X-23, written by Tom Taylor. So the original Logan, not old man Logan. Yeah, that, that's another really strange thing. We've got, like, Logan, but we, there's no old man Logan there anywhere. Yeah, you figure that could have been a story. Original Logan teaming up with old man Logan. You could very easily have told that story, too. Yeah, but I, I'm kind of glad that they're still doing X-23. Oh, I imagine it's because of the Logan movie and her popularity spiking. It probably doesn't hurt. No. Then we got the Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers one that we already talked about. And finally, the, it's interesting that this one gets the finale and this one gets the last spot. Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Sam Wilson. Now, this will be taking place either during or after Secret Empire... And obviously, as we've seen from the solicitations, Sam does not like Steve anymore. In fact, he took the flag off his costume and isn't even going by Captain America anymore. I'm going to assume out of sheer disgust for what his mentor is doing. So it will be interesting to see these two together. Will this be Steve from another moment in time or what will this be, I wonder? Well, do you reckon like maybe this whole Generations thing is like a secret empire tie-in crossover weird thing where like maybe Kobik's mm. responsible for all this that would make sense because we're seeing people who are dead people who have been gone for decades and just people who their continuity is a little fucked up at the moment 
Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be interesting if Kobik's like at the end of Secret Empire, she sees all the death and destruction and because she's a little girl, she's like six or whatever. And she's like, you know, stop the fighting. I just want us all to get along. And then she reboots the entire universe. And this is the start of it, of just the characters needing to learn to work together again. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. In fact, I would kind of like that, actually. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, so that's Generations. Should be good, should be interesting. They definitely got some of my favorite writers working on some of my favorite characters. So, you know, that'll that'll be a good time, methinks. Yeah. You know, it might not be a good time, though, Matt. We were uh, piling so much love on Spider-Man, and apparently Sony's like, hey, us too, we can make movies too. We already talked about Venom last week. Well, apparently they're already developing a Sable Black Cat movie. Hey, we own the rights to these characters, right? I... They, they, this just feels like like Sony's currently in their death throes. Like they are so close to being like bankrupt or like selling some, selling all like their stuff away to make because they're like losing money left, right, and center. Uh, so, so this feels like one of those things. Like we need a hit. We need like, people like those comic book movies. People like them comic book movies. Let's make some. Com- who do we own? Oh, we own all of Spider Man's Rogues Gallery. But, but not Spider-Man. Spider-Man <laughs> we'll just make movies of that, but we won't connect them to the MCU. What? <laughs> just to confuse the fuck out of everyone. This really does feel like they threw a dart at like a stack of comics. Like, okay, what are we going to make a movie out of? Uh, Sable and uh, a Black Cat. Okay. <laughs> We're doing them then, I guess. Because, you know, you know all the great stories where Sable and Black Cat are together, right? <laughs> yes, the, the, those seminal stories that everyone talks about. Yeah, those great, great stories. Heck, Black Cat is still a villain now, like a straight-up villain. She's been a gang yeah. lord for the longest time. And I think people forget that she's even a gang lord still. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 that was her new status quo, right? Yeah, and she's really evil as well. She's like cutting up a guy who made a diamond because he's made of diamond and worth a lot. She, she tried like, to That's set, pretty evil. She tried to set Aunt May on fire one time. <laughs> she's just like i'm evil take me serious as being evil and uh, sable sable was dead for the longest time silver sable she just came back just recently in the new spider-man and even then they're doing a thing where it's like oh is it really her back from the dead or is it a clone <laughs> yeah not really a huge fan of silver sable or black cat i'm sure they have fans i just don't know if they have enough fans to justify getting movies made about them do you, do you think this is a reworking of that leaked um, glass ceiling script that they were pitching around? That was like a all-female Spider-Man movie spin-off thing? That's right. I forgot about that. Eh, you know, possibly. Possibly. Like, they're that desperate. They're like, let's go to these ideas that everyone laughed at us when they were released. <laughs> let's dust this off. Hey, well, how, how's that treatment going there for uh, the adventures of young Aunt May? How's that working? <laughs> Yeah, not well, actually. Uh, the last writer hung himself. <laughs> and he wrote in his own blood before he went, Why, why, why God me? <laughs> we don't know what it means. But, you know, we're going to take what he wrote on the wall and we're going to put that in the script. <laughs> we think he was trying to tell us something. <laughs> now, on to slightly better news uh, for how Fox is doing their stuff right now. Supposedly, as it stands right now, Michael Shannon is in the running for Cable in the Deadpool sequel. That's just so weird. I don't see him as Cable. See, I totally could see it in a more comedic take. 
Because all I can think is like what he said in that movie. Oh god, that Seth Rogen uh, Christmas movie where he's like, "Yeah, people tell me I have a quiet intensity about me," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he does have a quiet intensity about him." I could see Cable just having a quiet intensity about him. <laughs> the thing is, though, the guy is pretty funny, and he's kind of a weirdo as well. Yes, he is. So I, I could see it if they did that, like did the um. The comedic route, but thing is, I think they they're planning on making Cable like the straight guy to right. to Deadpool's more comedic True. sort of thing. Yeah. Also, Michael Shannon's not the sort of actor who I could see, you know, bulking up for the part or anything. Like even his Zod was like kind like kind of muscly, but not like like cartoonishly Rob Liefeld muscly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I couldn't see him getting that super jacked for the role. No. And if they get a guy, he'll probably have to be pretty dumbly jacked to match the character. Yeah, did you see that concept art that leaked for Cable? I did. Yeah, it had Brad Pitt in the role. Interesting. Very interesting. Could you see Pitt in the role? I, I could see, like, Fight Club Pitt. Mm, yeah, when he was younger. But not like, I'm getting divorced from Angelina Jolie Pitt. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the other thing. Pitt's funny, too, if you've ever seen Snatch. He actually is quite funny, just mostly when he's talking gibberish. Yeah, he, he's pretty funny. I know um, there was that rumor that Pierce Brosnan was up for the role. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> it would be weird, but it'd be absolutely hilarious. Hey, I'm Pierce Brosnan. I'm also Cable. Look at me. <laughs> I'm not anyone's favorite Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's somebody's favorite. That's the thing about James Bond. Everybody is someone's favorite. Some people be like, no, Lazenby was the best Bond. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that one weirdo who likes a Lazenby. <laughs> that one guy who's like, nah, man, Lazenby for life. <laughs> <laughs> he has a tattoo on his stomach that literally says LB for life. <laughs> I, I, I always get the feeling that I should like him because he's an Australian actor. So Yeah. And I'm sure people use that as a defense, being like, no, no more Australians. Look what they did to James Bond. Only Brits <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> what about Idris Elba? Mm, no. Mm, no, too, too urban. Sorry. <laughs> too urban. Is it, isn't that what Fleming actually said? Like, the author, when they're like, and how would you feel about Idris Elba becoming Bond? Didn't he say something to the effect of, mm, no, sorry, too urban? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I wouldn't be shocked. He's an old British man. I'm sure that's what he said. <laughs> uh, now, uh, they, I mean, yeah, I guess that basically does it for news for the week, everyone. Man, we were already talking for 40 minutes, and that was just the news. Yeah, a lot of good news out this week. Absolutely. Now, for the second half of the show, I had two ideas, or we had two ideas, I should say. Seeing as we both saw Power Rangers, I figured, man, that'd be a fun way just to bitch about it for, like, the next 40 minutes or something. But then Matt said, Joel, you know we haven't talked about comics in, like, a couple weeks. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I guess you're right, we haven't. Yeah. Because that's the way it's been. It's been a really weird couple of weeks. Lots of movies, lots of stuff coming out, lots of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. So, let's try and do a little of both, I think. Obviously, we gotta talk about Superman. Yep. Superman Reborn finished this week. It did. Surprisingly, it was only four issues. I thought it was gonna be longer for whatever reason. <laughs> No, it's just a small little, or it's a small big event. That, um, <laughs> small sort big of event. The pr thing is, though, in like the coming months, though, we're just getting like aftermath of what happened. It's true. I mean, I guess I'll let you take the reins on this one because obviously Superman is your favorite, and some big shit happened, didn't it? Oh boy, did it ever! 
so so uh, I didn't really expect this to happen. So we kind of we we called like months ago that it was the red and blue, and they were going to combine and everything. So, so some motherfuckers out there will say that it wasn't red and blue Superman, but only a it was Benny. But you know they were it red. was they were red, they were blue, they were electric, they were split from main Superman. Anything beyond that, and you're splitting fucking hairs. <laughs> it was. We were right. Suck it, everyone. Damn right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, they they combined to create a a proper Superman and Superman. And that's not all that happened. No, apparently by fusing together, they also fused the rest of the Superman universe into one new continuity. Yeah, they. They, everything relating to Superman is now like he has memories of pre-Flashpoint and New Fifty Two. It all sort of fits together now which in one one timeline. Which hey, isn't that nice and easy for writers? But at the same time, too, I'm like, wait, wait, what does this mean for characters we've already seen? Like Doomsday, who was pre-Flashpoint Doomsday. That means he's always been the Doomsday now. And what about Luthor, who is good, but is now fused with evil Luthor from the other? Is he still good, well, or what happened? That's what I, I, I was going to talk about. So, like, we got that, like, really cool um, splash page with them, all the villains in the middle and everything. And mm -hmm. what I took from it is like, all the villains are, like, fused into their old, old pre-Flashpoint selves. So we got, like, the proper uh, Eradicator, proper uh, Cyborg Superman, Parasite, Doomsday. Yeah. yeah, all them sort of things. And um, what I obviously Lex Luthor was there, so what I think is gonna might happen, and I think it'd be really great if it did happen, was that he'll be a bad guy now, but he'll find out that he was once good, mm. and he'll and that that'll fuel his animosity towards Superman because Superman took that from him. It's true, he kind of did. Yeah, to, like for his own selfish needs, basically. So I think that that could be like a really good like way for him to still be a villain against Superman. Like that's his new reason. Superman took his life away from him. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We uh, we also saw some great movement for the Jonathan Kent character. I love that this story started off with him getting kidnapped, but by the end he saved everybody. Yeah, he's Superboy now. Yeah. True. true they actually call him that. Truly and officially. Uh, some other interesting stuff, too. Mixie, who kind of plays devil a devil's advocate by the end and says, you know, John, come away with me. I'll save you from the man who split your father. I'll save you from the man who is coming. Implying that maybe Dr. Manhattan was the one who did this? Yeah, well, for, what I got from it is that... um, And I, I can actually tie this into Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps this week because that had big DC rebirth effects as well. Um, So... In the, the the rebirth special, we learned that Doctor Manhattan took uh, like hope and legacy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it and that's why Superman was split. He took the hope and left the the red energy, which was the angrier Superman. Mm. And and because blue in, is yeah, yeah, the hope and everything. And that's that's how he split them. He took that hope away. Blue is hope. Red is rage. Yeah. And what happened in this week's Hell Jordan is that we got Saint Walker back, and Saint Walker needed to bring hope back to the 
universe. I'm bringing it back. I got a big dump truck full of hope, and I'm bringing it back for everybody. And to do so, he needed to use Carl Rayner because Kyle's a white lantern. He can create stuff like that. And he got his old costume and, back, right? Yeah, he be, he became a Green Lantern, but only after they tried to bring hope, resurrect hope back into this universe. Saint Walker says someone was blocking him from doing that. Mm. Someone actually stopped him from bringing hope back to the universe, and in doing so, it split um, Kyle's ring up into the seven lantern rings and spread them around the universe and left him with the green lantern ring so there's no hope in the universe he couldn't even bring it back (laughs) wow that says a lot there was no hope in the universe before this no and the the cool thing in in action comics is that mr oz is kind of surprised superman was able to do what he did yeah that threw him for a loop he didn't think that was going to happen and in fact what we seem to see for mr oz is that he's a bit of a superman fanboy because he has all these pictures of superman as his costume of olives (laughs) he likes the photos he's got to get them framed and everything (laughs) but yeah the fact that oz is shocked where he's like huh that wasn't supposed to happen <laughs> yeah, and, and it even implies that maybe Manhattan was surprised, and we get to see that we get to see Mars. Yeah, get to that, see Mars. That shot of Mars where that naked blue man lives. <laughs> Put some goddamn pants on, man. <laughs> no, I have evolved beyond the need for pants. Pants are an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> apparently there was also a big thing that happened in flash this week too that would seem yep. to tie into the button in the bigger universe now i didn't read flash matt so explain this to me i uh, yeah, so most of the story was um flash and kid flash looking for daniel west mm. um uh, they go to the australian outback because that's where um captain boomerang is on a mission for the suicide squad he's trying to infiltrate the weaver gang um and he was the last one to like know where daniel west went and he tells Kid Flash, his dad died, all that sort of stuff. Barry reveals oh, so himself. I finally know that now. See, because I loved the Suicide Squad run where Daniel West died. I'm glad they finally know. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, Flash kind of knew, but he wasn't too sure. Do they, so this so this sort of confirmed it. Do they mention how the, he died? Do they mention he actually died a hero? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what um, Digger says to Kid Flash. Like, he died... Yeah, Reverse Flash actually died a hero saving people from a bomb. That's good. That's really good continuity. Thank you, writers of that book, for remembering that very underrated Suicide Squad story. Yeah, and um, Barry reveals himself to Wally as as the Flash, and he and and Kid Flash kind of has like, "You're a liar. You're not telling my aunt Iris <laughs> your Flash." and everything and the, the the connection to the button actually doesn't happen till the end where we see in iron heights reverse flash get out reverse flash was kid was um imprisoned there in like this it's kind of like a man in the iron mask sort of body right. armor sort of thing and i'm not lightning hits him or something it's really unclear what happened because the art was just horrendous <laughs> um lightning hits him i guess and frees him and he has memories of of pre-Flashpoint, of Thomas Wayne being, of Thomas Wayne killing him. As happened in Flashpoint. Yeah, so he's like, well, Thomas Wayne doesn't exist, so I might as well take my revenge out on his son. Wow, that's some crazy shit. The button just, like, if it wasn't already must-read, now it's super must-read. Yeah. Makes sense, too, why in the covers for uh, the button we see reverse Flash and Thomas Wayne Batman. 
Yeah, now now we understand that. Yeah, now we really understand. That's cool to tie it back to Flashpoint and have the events of Flashpoint come a call in again for Batman and Flash. Yeah, and I'm wondering if like maybe that's something to do with Superman, mm-hmm. like resetting like his timeline and everything, whether like the ripple effects of that. It's gotta right because if all those Superman family characters remember then the lives of people they touched have to remember too, and it just doesn't stop the ripple effect. Yeah, it's just going to keep going and going and going. And it used to be like the rules that they established were, you can get your memories back, but only your memories and only if Wally touches you. Yeah, and now I guess Superman can do that? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and he was touched by Wally first as well. He was. Yeah. He was, yeah, very, very, very interesting. So definitely check that out, everyone. I guess to go over briefly to the Marvel side of things and talk about big stuff that happened this week, obviously we already mentioned the big Thor reveal. Love it, hate it, it's what happened. Uh, The other big thing happened in the pages of Captain America Steve Rogers were leading up, of course, to Secret Empire, and we had an issue that focused almost entirely on the brand new uh, Madame Hydra, uh, Eliza Sinclair. Cool. She's going around and basically recruiting the Hydra Inner Sanctum, the people who will make up the backbone of the uh, of the Secret Empire. And so she gets Armin Zola, obviously, mm-hmm. to be the tech guy. She gets Viper, the former Madam Hydra, which it's funny, Viper seemingly recognizes Sinclair, and that's weird because Sinclair never existed before. Kobit created her to be a mother figure for Steve when she rewrote his history. Hmm. So now we're starting to see ripple effects there, characters recognizing people when they shouldn't. Uh, Gorgon, Gorgon from, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Wolverine, Enemy of the State, he's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, A new version of the Kraken, it's not Daniel Whitehall, we don't know who he is, but uh, Sinclair says that he has some connection to Steve, which makes me wonder, is it Nomad back again? Is it his adopted son from the Zolaverse who basically disappeared during Secret Empire and never showed up again? Hmm. i definitely like to see that, because if you remember, and I mentioned this before, Nomad disappeared into a tie-in series where the world had already been taken over by Hydra. Huh. Yeah, and he became a Captain Hydra-type character in that universe. Ooh, interesting. Did he come back and he's like, yeah, cool, I'll help out with Hydra now? <laughs> I'd definitely be okay with that. Oh, and uh, Taskmaster and Black Ant, who joined basically because they've been promised money. And Sinclair's (laughs) like, you know, wow, I'm amazed you two idiots stumbled upon the greatest mystery in the entire world right now. I'm kind of impressed. I am as well. You're basically the Beavis and Butthead of the supervillain community. Good on you guys. (laughs) How'd you like to join this Nazi death cult? Sure, why not? Beats getting killed. (laughs) But yeah, that was a fun story, and I guess the other big thing that happened this week, and then we can just spend the rest of the show talking about Power Rangers, but uh, Aqualad came back in Teen Titans. Oh, really? Yes, Aqualad, the one you like from uh, from Young Justice. Oh, I'll say Calderon. Yes and no, so this confused a lot of people, and I got a lot of really angry comments from people who didn't understand this. Yes, it's Aqualad from the show. He dresses like that. He's got the blonde buzz cut and the shirt and everything else. But it's Jackson Hyde, who was technically created after Calderon, 
from Young Justice. Jeff Johns liked the idea and adapted him from the comics, but he's basically a completely different character than Calderon was. Okay, so is he um, is it is the that little part he had in the DC Rebirth special ever brought up? No, it's like, not. Like, do we see any of that? No? No, well, okay, we might have checked in with him not long after, because he's dyed his hair blonde and cut his hair to basically, like, oh, hey, I'm looking like the other guy now, because before he had big, long dreads and dressed like the original Aqualad. Yeah. But he's messing around with his tattoos. The other thing that threw people for a loop, uh, Jackson Hyde is gay. Oh, okay. And there was probably a lot of, a lot of very angry young women and a lot of uh, confused young men being like, but I loved Calder. And I'm like, yeah, but he might not love you back. Sorry about that. <laughs> he, he, he likes them fellas, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And it, he shows up at a perfect time, too, because, you know, he's sick of his dead-end town, and, you know, he's sick of his, you know, redneck boyfriend who left him. And he wants to go join the Teen Titans. And they could really use his help right now because there's a bunch of shark attacks going on in San Francisco pulled off by King Shark. Oh, I can. So they could really use an Atlantean on the team right about now. <laughs> so that was that issue. And I mean, really, that was all that happened in comics this week. I can't think of anything too huge. We covered all the big DC uh, Rebirth little references. Do we just want to spend the last of our runtime there kind of talking about Power Rangers? Yeah, why not? I uh, I was lucky enough, like I said, to get to see the movie early, and my review is going to hit 8K, so thank you everyone for watching that. I didn't even do anything special. I just set up the webcam and talked for 25 minutes. <laughs> and it ended up being one of the more successful videos I've ever done, so thank you, everybody. <laughs> what uh, what did you think of it, Matt? Because I think we felt much I, the same. I, I, I liked it. I, you know, it's Power Rangers movie, you know, it's... It, it's it is what it is, and it wasn't it's not the a, it, dumpster fire we thought it was going to be. It surprised the hell out of me. It's at least Transformers one levels of watchable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like yeah, it takes like a steel-toed boot kick to my childhood's nuts a couple times, but I knew that was going to happen going in, so I braced myself for a lot of it. Yeah. So like Zordon. Is fighting Zordon is now the original Red Ranger. Mm -hmm. Rhea yep. is the original Green Ranger. So okay, there's some sacrilege for you. They're looking. For I I actually didn't mind that. I actually thought that was kind of cool. But I, I I did think it was kind of cliche. They had the whole um, she was his friend and she betrayed him it's, sort of thing. It's you know what it is. It's Joker being the one who killed Batman's parents in Batman '89. Where it's like, well, that's yeah. just lazy writing. Yeah. And the fact that, oh, she draws her powers from the green power crystal, which looked very much like Loki's staff, didn't it? In this one, in fact, it even makes the same sound effect when she calls it to her. It does, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Loki had a diamond in his staff. You have a coin in your staff. Furthermore, they keep calling them power coins, even though they're totally not coins. They're fossils. Yeah, they're like rocks or something. In what world is that a coin? <laughs> Also, Angel Grove, which in the show was always shown to be like a metropolitan California town. Now Angel Grove is like some crappy, run-down, failed mining town sometimes, but also a small, failed fishing town sometimes as well. Yeah, it was really strange. They couldn't make up their mind on what kind of slice of Americana the town was. <laughs> also, you gotta love to, instead of being trapped in a dumpster... For like, ah, after 10,000 years, I'm free. 
Rita just got lost at sea for apparently now 65 million years and only shows up again when the plot demands her. Yeah, when, like, a bunch of fishermen who include Jason's father find her. Yeah, okay, that I will actually give credit for. I like that they included the parents. I like we see a lot of yeah. Jason's dad. I like Trini's dad is the cop we keep seeing and stuff. And I'm like, all right, you know what? That's cool. We never get to see any of the parents and the other stuff. That's not bad. That That's what I think, like kind of kind of shocked me a little bit like the amount of like character development these characters had like jesus christ i'm not used to this in like power rangers no no i'm not and yes yes they were cliche stereotypes but they were originally it's just they've updated the stereotypes now now instead of being like stereotypical good kids now they're all like stereotypical troubled teens it's very after school special <laughs> yeah they're teenagers with attitudes they, yeah, they're teenagers with problems now. They used to have attitudes. Now they got issues, man. These kids, they got problems you've never even seen, man. <laughs> Although you must admit there was a real, like, like real divide in the problems from, like, you know, the Blue Ranger, who after much thought I actually kind of ended up liking, where it's like, oh, I have autism and people don't really understand me. And so I got thrown into detention because I was trying to do science. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not really your fault then. You know, you got a reason for this. I actually, yeah, I really enjoyed him. I thought he was really great and and really likable as well. Yeah, well, he, uh, he well, he's the best actor because he's the one actually yeah. playing a character. Yeah, that's true. Out of all of them, I think he was the best one. But like the worst one was probably the guy playing Zach. I hated him so much. Which I'm glad you mentioned that. Zach has by far the biggest problem. My mother is dying, and I live in a trailer yep. park, and no one is helping me. And they never bother helping him by the end of the movie. <laughs> Is the funny thing. Even after we discover the morphing grid apparently has the power to bring people back from the goddamn dead now. And he never once says to Zordon, hey, can we use this on my mom right quick? <laughs> well, by, well, by the end of it, his mom looked like she was getting better. She yeah. was like sitting up playing chess with him and everything. Yeah, her, her terrible plot disease got better. Because <laughs> I like that she's sick but doesn't say what she has. Oh, she's got she's got the plot disease and she's got it bad. Yeah, the plot cancer. Oh, she started coughing in the first act and you don't even know what's going to be happened by the final act. <laughs> but yeah, so like they're, they're like the two most understandable ones. And then you got Trini who they've made, you know, who is gay now or at least not straight. They don't really say she's gay. They just say, oh, boyfriend troubles, oh, girlfriend troubles. And she doesn't really say one way or the other. I, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because sometimes, like, with Hollywood, they go a bit overboard with it and they, they like, like every other sentence is like, you know I'm gay, right? Yeah, you, you, know, don't, you, know? you don't want her to become White Canary from Legends where she just has to yeah, exactly. it. Where it's like, look, we know actual gay people wouldn't remind you every 10 seconds. They just want to live their lives. And good on you for not answering their question, being like, you know what, it's none of your goddamn business who I sleep with. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. And, um, yeah. But then you come to Jason, who's like, oh, I was an all-American football pro until a prank ruined my career. I'm like, do you feel bad about that? Why did you do it? They, nev <laughs> they never answer those questions, and by the end, it's like, did he ever play football again? Did he even like playing football? I don't know. Yeah, he was kind of, like, can't really feel sorry for him because everything was his own fault. Like, the start, he was yeah. doing the prank, and then he tried to run from the cops, mm -hmm. and he flipped his car and blew out his knee and everything. They, and... they flip a lot of cars in this movie. This movie loved crashing cars. 
Yeah. <laughs> they crashed like three cars in three different unrelated things. It's amazing. And then lastly, you have Kimberly, who is probably the most radically reimagined out of any of the original Power Rangers cast. She's now involved in some sort of weird sexting revenge porn scandal. <laughs> I found out about that before I saw the movie. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But, like, the movie is still trying to be PG-13, so, like, they kind of had to beat around the bush, no pun intended, about it. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they, they had to say, like, oh, she kind of did it, but she kind of didn't, but maybe she did. And did she learn a lesson at the end? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I think we can both agree the best part of the movie and the part where I truly enjoyed myself was in the last 15 minutes where they actually morph. Yes, everybody, they don't morph until the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, there's not really, uh, like, surprisingly, a lot of action throughout this film. It's all, like, in at the end, it's all, like, back-ended and everything. It's, ironically, the action in this movie runs about as long as your average episode of Power Rangers. They morph, fight some putties, fight a giant monster in the Zord, and then there you go. The, the good thing is, though, I'm glad it wasn't like the TV series where they just, oh, we'll just give you these these morphers that give you, like, godlike powers. Just just go off and fight. And, like, they knew how to fight. They actually had to learn how to fight. I like, too, that a big, like, portion of this movie, like, a big plot point is the Rangers learning how to properly pull off a German suplex. <laughs> I feel like... Bro it, paid, it paid off. It paid off. I feel like Brock Lesnar should have been their teacher. All right, kids, today we're going to learn how to give a German suplex. And then when you're done, we're going to learn the F5s. You're going to learn how to punch them while they're down. <laughs> <laughs> and Thanks, then Hulk bro. Hogan can come in and okay, brother, we're going to learn how to do a leg drop, brother. <laughs> we're going to do an atomic leg drop from the top rope. And then we're going to eat like <laughs> pigs and fuck other people's wives. Whoa, whoa, what was that? Okay, we're not going to do those last two. <laughs> That'll just be me. I'm not going to teach him. He's black. <laughs> yeah, sorry, kid. You can't stay. Uh, but like, here's the other thing, too. I was not expecting them to actually use the Go-Go Power Rangers theme. Oh, I love that. I was, oh, it was so good. That got me hyped. That's the moment where like the movie cracked through my cynicism. And I'm like, all right, movie, you got me. You got me. What do you got, man? You played the theme. Make it happen. And they kind of made it happen at the end. Yeah, I, I I really liked it uh, with that big fight with Golda. Oh, you mean the destroyer from Thor? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And man, did you not want a Krispy Kreme donut when that movie was over? Too bad they don't have Krispy Kremes in our country. It, the, the Zio crystal li lives under a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> it's not quite as whorish as the Denny's from Man of Steel, but it's close. I think it actually worked because, like, obviously Rita, like Rita, I fucking loved Rita in this. Elizabeth um, Banks does something interesting with it. Yeah, I, I love that. Like, she didn't understand that because she'd been underground for sixty-five million years, so she thinks like the Zeo crystal is in the crispy. Like, the crispy cream was built around it as like a shrine or something. Yeah. I, I actually like that, and they actually worked with that really well. Banks is playing a character, which I was also not expecting. Because <laughs> if there was ever a character you would be allowed to ham up and just phone it in on, it would be, make my monster grow, yeah, Gilda, those nasty teens. But, like, no, she's actually playing it subtle and reserved. I like that she said, like, make my monster grow and all that. Sort of, and at the end, she gets sent to the moon. Yeah, and they were in a quarry. Yeah, holy shit, I completely forgot about that. that. That's why it needed to be a mining town, because they needed a scene with a quarry. 
<laughs> what if that's like the reason that, that that was there as well like like we get it like it's kind of like a a jab at, at uh power rangers always using the same quarry yeah the only way they could have been more self-aware is if at the end they stop fighting like in a small american town and start fighting in like downtown tokyo yeah just like just hard cut to like if you get shots of like this the small fishing town but then suddenly there's like giant like hundred story skyscrapers and, and <laughs> Japanese like signs and everything. Also, hey, good job with the cameo too. The two cameos that we oh, got. I'm so glad that that wasn't on those. I was really worried it was gonna be one of those ones where like the Rangers are like walking through the street and they knock into them or something yeah. and say, like, Hey nice costume or something. It was perfect. Yeah here's the funny perfect. thing too. Those two actors did a really good job being quiet about those cameo scenes. They did, especially for someone like Jason David yeah. Frank. I would have thought I would have thought he'd been all over social media. I'm the star of the new Power Rangers movie, you know that sort of thing. I got a picture taken with him in Seattle, and like actually got to walk with him from the Valiant booth to the Valiant panel he was doing because obviously he's working with Valiant, and I know a couple of those yeah. guys. He didn't say shit even then, like in a couple weeks to the movie coming out. So good on you, man, for having the be like, no, 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 no. It's got to be a secret. No, no, no. You can't spoil it. Maybe it was like part of his like NDA, like he can't say it, otherwise we'll sue your fucking ass. Also, too, I knew the type of theater I was in. I was the only one who popped for it. No one else in the audience knew. Same. Which, again, saw it early with a bunch of people who won a bunch of radio ticket contests, so that makes sense. Although I saw a bunch of people talking after that. I was just like, who, who were they? Were they supposed to be important? I don't know. Clearly they were somebody. That was the cameo <laughs> shot. Fun, funny thing is we both of us actually i think we saw it at pretty much the exact same times we did and that never happens yeah that was like the first time that's ever happened super rare we should do it more often here's hoping i win more <laughs> radio contests <laughs> can only hope for that so uh, i think on that note everyone we can start winding this down and i say that because i'm recording in another room and my laptop just said hey 15 more minutes of power asshole <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around with us for 50 episodes. We hope you enjoyed this. And for 52, Matt and I will try and do something special, right? Yeah, we'll do like a live stream or something, Q&A or something. We'll try and figure that out. I'm not the most tech literate when it comes to streaming, but we'll try and put that together. Yeah, I'll have a look into it as well. There you go. As always, follow Matt over on his channel, Fortress of Solitude, and for more great videos and content, keep your eyes peeled here to Cade Joel. We got all sorts of good stuff coming out. If you want to download the show and carry it around with you always, you can do so by heading on over to SoundCloud. And if you want to hear the show first before anyone else as soon as we're done recording, you can become a patron. We actually got a bunch of new patrons, so thank you to Kip and everyone else who became new patrons just recently. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, that's about it. Any uh, any parting words, Matt, before we uh, wind this one down? Uh, not really. Hope you enjoyed the show. Keep an eye out for Cape TV later on yeah. at the end of this week. Actually, it just went up. Sal just sent oh, me the thing. There you go. It just went up just now. <laughs> there you go. So go watch that, everyone, and be sure to comment and tell us all what you think. Until next time, everyone, bye-bye. See ya.